So the way things are as follows. follows: the Svardim and the Ashkenazim, as we know, different Hagim, different things, and the Svardim adapted. I'm not going into the reasons why because I'm not 100% sure. Is that they only keep it the week of? In other words, the week of Tishabav, which is when the Beit Hamikdash was destroyed, is the week that they keep, and the week of um, and the Ashkenazim keep it keep it from Rosh Chodesh. In other words, and the restrictions that we follow are very similar to the restrictions that we follow when somebody is in other. So you're saying that Sforis are allowed to eat meat right now, or right. they do eat meat? They're allowed to eat as long as so they know. So in our house we don't. Right. Okay. Because a lot of a lot of Svardim, especially that live in the Ashkenaz area, where most of the people in the area are Ashkenaz, will adopt many of the Minhagim of. It doesn't work like that with my mom. Okay, my mom's so it's it's not my mom grew up and we don't, we don't like to change things so much because when you change things too much, then everybody makes up their own things. It becomes wishy-washy. Right. Okay, so. so these two guys said they want to go deeper into it. They want to go. Okay, so, okay, so oh, let's, let's, let's try okay. to focus a little bit. I wrote a statement. <laughs> what happens is anytime I prepare anything, we never end up talking about what I wanted to talk about, which is fine um, because with you guys, we'll talk about what you want to talk about. Let's make life that much easier. Okay, focus tonight obviously is nine days. I didn't prepare so much for it, actually, I didn't really prepare anything. But what I did prepare was a little bit continuation from last time is that very often, and I'm saying for all of us, we do things that are according to halacha, the halacha requires us to do certain actions. However, when we do these actions, we don't feel anything why we're doing it. Like we do certain things and then we ask ourselves, yes, we're required to do it and we're doing it. Now, why are we doing it? That's what happens, right? So, there is in every person that two parts. There's a soul and a body, right? In our world, we can't live one without the other. We have to coexist. It doesn't work, right? We're alive. You're alive. You have a body. So I'm going to ask you a question. If let's say I picked up my hand and I smacked you, right? I'm not that talking about smacking back, right? What smacked you? My soul or my body? Honestly, both. What actually smacked you? The body, yeah. And then I'll, I'll ask you a question the other way around. You got smacked. You felt it. What got smacked? Your body or your soul? Your body, but you felt it in your... So what made you feel it? Well, now I'm going to well, tell you a puzzle. Because it's the grade. Your body so It's two separate things. There's two parts one, of the thing. You felt the physical pain. There's physical the... pain. And then there's we'll call the it like pain. emotional pain That's from that soul. you're insulted, right? That's right? Soul, yeah. How dare you smack me? Who do you think you are to smack? 
That's from the action, not from the pain. Correct. So now comes the question. It says in the Pasuk, Nefesh Kisachata. What's a Nefesh? Also. Kisachata did an Avera. Right? Who did the Avera? Your body did the Avera. Your, your, your body was a Machal Shabbos. He did something on Shabbos, right? That he wasn't allowed to do. So why are we saying Nefesh Kisachata? It should be Guf Kisachata. Isn't it Ratzon in a way? That doesn't that come from the nefesh? So there's a question of can we separate can we separate the gulf from the nefesh? Not in this world, no. Okay. So as you know, in our world, as we know, we came from another world, all of us, right? There was a body prepared for us in this world. And then as we entered the world, Rabbi Shalom, he selected a neshama, whatever that neshama was, and he Stuff it inside you. And he said, okay, this is, I mean, just to, you know, put it simply, we're talking about things that we really have no understanding, that he took soul A and put it in body A, and hopefully they'll work, work themselves out, right? Sometimes they do, sometimes they don't, but he, he always did it in a way that challenges us to the utmost, because how much do we really like what we do? I'm talking about religious things, right? To make money, we all like to eat. We all like all these things, all bodily actions we all love. Now, the question is, how much do we love our non-bodily actions? So, the point over here is that, and please interrupt me if you're not getting what I'm saying or you have questions or whatever it is. The point of it is, is that we have a soul and we have a body and we have to make them work in unison as one. A soul always wants us to do better. A body always wants us to do our bodily needs and wants, which is not always, but very often anti our soul. What do I mean anti? To sit, let's just say we're sitting and listening to a sheer chilling while we're doing it, eating some food, drinking something, making us comfortable, is in a way where we're able to do both at the same time. Right? Because if let's let's just say, I'm not saying that every shear has to have food by it, right? But it makes it, like, you don't want to listen to what the guy's talking about, right? So you focus on what you're eating and, you know, looks good and everybody's happy and maybe something penetrates and maybe something doesn't, who knows? doesn't really matter. The point of the matter is, is that we were able to do something that's good for our souls and good for our bodies in unison. And that's really part of a goal. And then it means, okay, now what are you doing with this goal? Where are you going with it? So we're in a time, so I guess before I go into actual nine days, something important to understand. It's not just for now, it goes for every yomper. Okay? What happens when we come to any time that the Torah told us is a special day? Why is that a special day? So tell me the truth, because the Beis HaMikdash was destroyed a couple thousand years ago, how sad am I really feeling? 
No. Am I feeling it? To remember. You still remember it? I don't know. I don't remember it. No, I think just to remember. No. Was, like a thing, but why? To symbolize your. Everything is sort of every holiday symbolizes something that happens. It symbolizes something, but what is it really? What's the? As it's sticking itself inside you, like where are you going with it? What are you doing with it? It happened so long ago. It's it's like any any history. You 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 see what happened, and you you try to learn from history. So obviously there were reasons why the thing that was destroyed. So that's why they made people like, you know, say like you shouldn't do this or you should do that to try to improve. Hundred percent. But I want just to raise first, awareness. To raise yeah. awareness. Okay. All and what I'm saying is all in agreement with everything what you're saying. But just to take it one step further, we mentioned last time that in every second of every day is a new, you know, inside that second is another, let's say, fraction of a second, and inside that fraction is another fraction, and it repeats itself over and over and over and over. It's a very hard thing to comprehend, but that's pretty much how it is. In this say, time of year, when the Beis Hamikdash was destroyed, what, so to speak, made the Beis Hamikdash get destroyed? What happened in that little box of time that things came out anti-us? So if you can capture that moment, those fractions of the seconds that are happening every day, and every time, so those fractions are working against us. And by us working, by them working against us, we have to work that much harder to turn them to make them work for us. So this is a time when the Vesem English was destroyed, right? So it means there's a thing called, called Klippas, I don't know. Familiar with them, it's like a evil. It's like a spirit which has in it things that are detrimental to us, and the main thing that's detrimental to us from those things is that they have the ability to influence us to do things which would which would be anti-Hashem. Which is not necessarily from a simple perspective in your mind would be so bad because all he's telling you to do is, let's say, something not bad, right? But it ends up being bad. Let's give an example. You're eating food, to me, right? To me, it seems like it's like it clouds the soul, which doesn't allow the brain to, to shine through. To, to shine and think of things to, to, to improve and, and be great with. Them. For example, Let's say you have some food in front of you and you want to eat the food, right? So halacha requires, and not a big deal to do, we make a bracha on the food, right? Now along came this, so to speak, bad influence and made us forget. We sat down, we ate, happens to all of us, we didn't make the bracha. When it happens enough times, makes us lose our awareness of ever making the bracha. 
So as we go <clears throat> down that mountain, we're going further and further and further away from that, from that, uh, so to speak, that goal, right? And let's say we're always conscious and we make the bracha, right? So that time I made the bracha, even if I, I didn't, so to speak, feel it in my soul that I'm making the bracha, but because I made it once, I'll be a little more conscious to make it again if I paid attention. If I didn't pay attention, then it didn't mean anything. Hello, Rabbi Moish. Hello, Hashem, how are you? Okay. Anyways, we're talking about nine days, and we're talking about how every second of every day is a new judgment. Not just the seconds, but the milliseconds. Not just the milliseconds, but the inside of every millisecond. That's the focus. And the focus becomes that if I did the right thing just now, for whatever it is, so I'll do it again. Because I have now, we call, there's two things called, one is called Kutus, which are the bad ones, and one is called Nitzaitzitz, which are the good ones. Nitzaitzitz, what? Sparks. Nitzaitzitz. Sparks. Sparks. Nitzaitzitz. If you're Sparty. Nitzaitzitz. Okay. Um, I can Sparty right there. But anyway, <laughs> um, that's all right. I'm looking in this direction. So. <laughs> the only Ashkenazi on Hebrew they'll find in America, and here they don't, they don't talk about in Israel, was adapted. When I grew up, no, I, everything I spoke was no. When I came here and I heard the, English, the American version, like that's not how you talk here. It was a good version, not the Jew. Right. It depends what school you went to. If you went to a more modern Orthodox yeah. school, everything was a Brit. If you went to a more Yeshivish school, everything was a Brit. Has to do. And if you went to a Hasidic school, where everything was Yiddish. Main reason, but without going into any politics, because that's not the focus, is let's say Satma as an example, which is anti Israel, not anti Israel as Eretz HaKodesh, but anti the state which is anti Torah. And if you want to know how the state is anti Torah, just look at the current government and you see the, everything they do is just to destroy Torah. I think we're forgetting is that Ibrit is not is Russian Kurdish. It's not. It, oh, yeah, mostly, they, mostly it is. I mean, they invented new words, but that they kind of yeah, have. Yeah, but so did Yiddish, which is English. Uh, right, but everything's like that. Everything works in, the, in a similar vein. Yiddish was a language that was adapted in Eastern Europe to keep um, to keep the Jews as one. They didn't want to mix Since it with the Speaking about soccer, how come the Tour card is a thing? Okay. I'm going to go on that off the record. Not for now. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay. The only thing I will tell you is that there are extremists on every angle of every type of society. Mostly extremists are exactly what they are. Extremists. 
and they're not running the mill, and they don't represent. They don't represent the majority. I don't want to go into politics. I want to try to focus on learning. I'll tell you after I show the video. I don't know how to go on pause. Good. Yeah, it's on video. Watch out. <laughs> okay, I didn't say. Okay, and I don't know how to edit it. So, uh, anyway, what, what I'm trying to say is, there's a thing called kedusha, and there's a thing called tumah. Now I'm going to ask you a simple question, and this is related a little bit to last week's parsha, and it's very much affecting us every day now, especially now during the nine days. When Klai Yisrael went into the desert for forty years. Why a desert? Why couldn't he take them through a nice fertile land? Why did Moshe Rabbeinu have to take them through a desert? <laughs> Why did he have to go through a desert? Florida grows. In the desert, nothing grows. The answer is simple. I'll take a wild guess that show them that their dependency on Hashem is great. Very true, very good. But I want to take it one step further. What I wanted to say is, and this is really, if you think about it, it's thousand percent online. And I'll bring you a ride from a door. Okay? Um, the reason why the Midbar is worse than any other place, because the Midbar, the desert, doesn't give back. You take a seed, you plant it in the desert, it doesn't. There's nothing. Right? Take a seed, and you planted it in your front lawn and lake where it grows a tree. Desert only takes, doesn't give. The right. meter of Tumma only takes, you have to do. The meter of good, and that's the meter of a Jew, sometimes is to take, but always to give. The meter of bad, of Ra, is always to take and never to give. The lowest form of animal in the Torah, and you probably argue with me on many points what I'm about to say, but the facts don't change, is that the lowest form of animal in the Torah is a dog. I'll tell you a few reasons. A person, there's a thing, a Russian in the Torah called hab-hab. It's in Haramish. It means give, give. Take, you know, give me, give me, give me, give me. And a person... It means give me, and I give you. How so? If you take the word have, what's the word have? Numeric value? Hey and a base is seven. So you do twice, a hey and a base twice is 14. How much is a hand? 14. Yad is 14. So by a person, is have. We mentioned something like it last time. If you give me have, Right? I have the ability to receive, but I also have the ability to give back. And an animal, uh, a dog, the model uses that lotion, is half, half. Just give, give me, give me, give me. No giving back. And give, not giving back, that's a meter of, of tumor, not a meter of kedusha. But it, you, that, you could say that about yeah. any animal. If, as a okay, you could say that as any animal. Okay. So I'm saying it as a dog because the Gemara mentions it as a dog. Now, if you want to go into the actual dog part, and I'm going to make it brief because it's a very touchy topic, especially people who have pet dogs. I'm going to quote you a morale, which I've said over many, many times. 
if you look at the, in my YouTube shirim, I have a whole other shirim about dogs, and I say something similar to it, is that from every animal we learn different midas Hashem put them in this world for us to learn something from them. Most of them we don't know. Um, the dog is mentioned in the Torah a lot. The dogs didn't bark by Yitzhiyas Mitzrayim. So for that tzar, it says, we should take the meat and throw it to the dog as his reward for um, for keeping quiet. There is such a such a thing. How did that happen? What? Why did that happen? I don't know. Why, why did the dog keep quiet? Because the Rosh told him to keep quiet. Simple enough. Still, wait, wait, let me finish. It sounds like a very simple answer. It is very simple, but wait, let me. I, I need to go one step further. The reason why why is the dog considered not a, a thing? I think the Rambam, you guys describe it, you go according to the Rambam. There's a Gemara that says, A person should not keep a bad dog in his house. When the Rambam quotes that Gemara, it changes. It doesn't say It says He takes out the word ra. So you would say um, You'll say that it's only talking about a bad dog, a pit bull that's untrained and wild and is a threat to the owner of the house and a baby or whatever else, which makes you know just logical sense. Why any dog have this cutest little puppy? Why is he considered bad? Says the Mara, as we know that man, man's best friend is a dog. Right? So why is it that a horse or a cow, which could be just as loyal to the owner, right, as a dog? Why doesn't it say anything about any other animal only about the dog? Says the Mara, and I'm quoting you. That since the dog adopted man as his best friend, it's because he is trying to show that his master is not Hashem, but his master is person. So you learn from the dog how to discard Hashem's will and only follow man's will. In other words, so the thing that you would learn it's from the dog. It's not so much of a, it's, it's, it's more so running away from the commandments of Hashem. That's what the dog is representing, and that's why they don't, the Rambam, more so, and other Rishonim also say not to keep the dog in the house. And if you look around, just in general, and I, that's why it always intrigued me, you'll go into any from neighborhood with a dog, doesn't matter how big or how cute or anything like that, and you'll take the dog off the leash, and if there's a bunch of Jewish kids running around, you will hear the loudest shrieks you ever heard in your life. That's just the thing. Israelis have I was cleaning a car, and all of a sudden I see like, a bunch of families coming to the pool, and they all start coming out screaming. And this lady's like, the dog is running at them. I see just the dog is walking, simply it's not doing anything. Right. So that's so, exactly, yeah. exactly my point. I believe that it's inherent in the neshama of a yid to be scared of a dog, because they represent that part. Of saying that Hashem, you're not my master, you owner, Mr. Jones, or whoever it is, you're my master. We don't want to go touch.
So I have rides the opposite way. Do okay. you have a dog and two stuff? Okay, would you have to bring me rides from inside? But not for right now. Um, <laughs> obviously, you haven't. Okay, so now. I'm biased. I have a dog. Okay, that's fine. Okay, but, but I, we're go, going back to the nine days. Okay? How do we feel? Now, I, 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 I sidetracked because I went in, into the time frame. I was talking about the time. In every Yantiv, in every time of Tsaris, whatever it is, let's say, let's take the day of Tisha B'Av, right? So Tisha B'Av was a day that Hashem decreed that the Beis HaMikdash should be destroyed and that, um, which would be a tremendous day of huge, huge pain for Kal Yisrael, which means that on that day in history, and it repeats itself, is coming down on a regular basis, those We'll call them, we'll call them klipas, right? Because I know a better word to call them, are coming down on us. We don't want them to affect us in the same pain and suffering that we had from thousands of years ago. Therefore, we do things today in order to fix it so it shouldn't repeat itself on us. And the same thing will apply to a young right? Thousands of years ago, Kal Yisrael was taken out of Mitzrayim, right? It was a special time. It was a huge, tremendous simcha. Hashem was holding us, hugging us, taking us across the Yamsa. We want to refill. How did we feel that special love? How did we refill that special love? Part of it is in reacting in our bodies. So therefore, it will affect our soul. That we will feel it and be able to ignite, reignite that special time in order to feel it again. Well, on Pesach, we have a Seder. Oh, okay. <clears throat> we eat matzah. On Tisha B'Av, we'll listen to the Megillah of Echa, and we'll sit low on the floor, and we'll do all those things. Now, very often, very often, we're just going to do it, because that's the Halakha says, and we have to do it, and we're going to do it because that's the right thing to do, and that's so what we need like to do. During this time, like, what do you do? Fast? Well, on Tisha B'Av, you're just going to fast. And this time, so, so the real work is not just going through the motion. The real work is to say, okay, these are things that can happen. And this is an example. Why don't we swim in the pools? Nobody goes swimming these days. Why? Well, because camps are so- most camps don't. Wasn't that like last year or two years ago? Like There's always years? accidents and tragedies that are happening. For the reason I just said that those creepers are out there causing things to happen. I can't tell you when. I can't tell you why. I can't tell you where or what. I mean, I don't have to go through. Again, I can't explain anything and nobody can. Like you had a Miron tragedy and you had a Florida tragedy. How many Jews were killed in Florida? 20, 30 of them, right? Whatever it was, major tragedy. Who can predict, who can explain? Obviously nobody. But are things, so to speak, in the air, which are there, and they're real, and they happen. And we don't see them, and we don't feel them, and we don't know why they're there, but they're there. So now, what can we do in our own personal lives to make them not happen to us? Right? Now, there's another thing. 
David HaMelech said, and there was no person who had a greater suffering in life than David HaMelech, and one of the Pesukim that he says in Tehillim is, Hashem ki thank you Hashem for causing me pain. Now, technically speaking, sounds a little bit ridiculous. Like, why would you thank someone for causing you pain? Doesn't really make any sense. Answer is, like we started off in the beginning, we have a body, we have a soul. The body is strictly worldly, right? Whatever physical pleasures you have in this world, although you feel them through your soul, but they're really bodily pleasures. That's what you're really doing, right? I'm talking mostly eating and other physical pleasures. So now, let's say you live your whole life with physical pleasures and zero spirituality. What happens at the end? <laughs> exactly. Right? I'll tell you a verse that I heard over, and I think it's such a true verse. Honestly speaking, what do we do most of the day? Well, let's, say, let's assume we do everything right. What do we do most of the day? We went to shul, we dabbled, we did everything we were supposed to do. But most of the day, we weren't learned also. Most of the day, we went to work to try to make money. That's mostly what we did. And let's say we were fortunate and we amassed a huge fortune of money. Right? And what happens at the end? Money stays here. What money do you take with you? Says the puzzle. <laughs> Um, the person is talking about ribbis, lending an interest. If I lend you, let's say I lent you a hundred bucks, I tell you you got to pay me back one hundred fifty bucks, right? That's interest, which is absolutely forbidden under the terror, right? Even though so good, so is no, allowed. So Jew is not allowed. Um, so what we do is <clears throat> just keep. Um, is the Pazik. If you will take money and you will lend it to Ami means us Yisrael. That's the simple type of the Pazik. The word is in Samai word. I'm not sure who it's from. It is in Kesef, not Talba Esami, that you lend out to your friends, but in Kesef, Tilabe Esami. That money that will accompany you. What money will you take with you when you go upstairs? That's the money that you use for tzedakah. That's the money you use to buy mitzvahs and what food for Shabbos or whatever it was. That's the money you take with you. The money that you made here, right, for whatever whatever business, great businessman you were, and you amassed fortunes and fortunes, which most of it you can't spend in 10 lifetimes, right? What did you accomplish? Us as being Jews, that who we are. So... Very important in case of Talabe Esami. Like, you know, take that money and see how much you can take with you. And it goes also on us. Okay, now we're doing things. Whatever it is that we do, we're nothing, nothing specific. And now let's, of everything we're doing, what am I doing today that's following me with my soul, not just my body? And that's really the key. So if you can do a mitzvah, or let's say refrain from doing an Avera, just as an example, let's say somebody wanted to marry a shiksa, just 
for whatever reason. Not even fell in love, they want to get married. Then the person decided he wants to have Jewish children, whatever it is, he decided he's not going to do that. The schar that he gets from withholding, from doing that Avera, is almost, almost, is immeasurable, because most things are immeasurable. And that person got what you call like a leapfrog ahead of everybody else. Because most people aren't even challenged with that. So if a person is challenged with that and withstands that challenge, he's a million miles ahead of everybody else. Now, it doesn't mean that he's now finished. He can sit back on the beach the rest of his life. It doesn't work that way. But he got what you like to call, he cashed in a big CD, right? He's got a big, he's way, way ahead of the game for doing that thing that he sacrificed so much in his in his yearn to service Hashem and to be a better Jew and so forth. In these days, since we have all these what we'll call bad things that are surrounding us and harassing us, right? And it's so much easier to fall in. These bad influences, and I don't have to tell you, they're surrounding us on a daily basis as much as possible, right? So our job is now because we're vulnerable now. That's really what these nine days, these days of Tisha are all about. We're vulnerable because there's outside influences, right? If you want to take it as a muscle, go politics, right? We all want to be woke, right? It's all the four, our fault of that. I can't be careful in case I have to go point. But let's say... Um, <laughs> <laughs> there were certain types of people who were slaves in this country, right? And I had a claim from 400 years ago that since the father picked cotton that we owed him millions of dollars for, right? Or that we want to say that everything that happened... The biggest difference that we took from that was African Bucking in America. So honestly, we did them a big favor of taking them to state for a couple of years and staying back in Africa. Okay. It seems like this video should not be what? published. <laughs> <laughs> Should not be published. <laughs> okay. But, uh, Your account is going to get bad. <laughs> so we're not going to go there. I'm just giving an example that there are many bad, bad influences out there, which everybody knows right or wrong, but because people have an agenda, they want to promote it. If a person's created as a man, they're a man. Hashem created them for a good reason that they should be a man. And if they decide that one day that they want to be not a man and they want to be a woman, or they want to marry another man, right? Hashem didn't create them that way. They're not supposed to be that way. They have psychological issues. They must go for treatment. That's really all it is. But they made it into a right to be sick, right? <laughs> That's really what it came down to. You don't have a right. A person has urges. Facts of life, right? Doesn't make your urges correct and doesn't make your urges a movement in order to try to influence everybody else that might wrong lifestyle is a correct lifestyle. <clears throat> Hashem created every person, everything that has life in this world was created through Hashem. Again, if a person has an issue with it, he doesn't like the way it's created, right? So let's say you don't like your nose. You decided that your nose is too long, too wide, whatever it is. You have an option for go to plastic surgery, right? may even have an option to remove it, right? I don't know. <laughs> you just have two, two, two holes in your head and finish, right? 
nobody's perfect, right? Nobody is nose is perfect, right? No mental illness. Mental illness has is rights. Right. No, that's what became. But, so, no, no, but it's all have rights. It's all one thing. It's all anti-Hashem. Illness is not equal. Okay, that's not, everything's that, not equal. They want saying, mental, but mental illness to be equal with everything. The bottom line is that everything that Hashem created was created with a purpose. And then there's a question. If you feel challenged by the way he created you, try to fix it. If you can't fix it, then learn how to live with it. Unfortunately, Hashem created me overweight. So I'm going to diet my whole life. I can tell you I'm an absolute failure. All right? However, I'm learning. I don't know if my wife is, but um, you have to learn to live with it. And that's all. Life goes on. Right? You do the best that you can do. And that's it. So no, you, you tell when not you, you, I'm not talking to you. No, no, I'm no, not no, part no, of that no, conversation. No, 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 I'm talking about the fact that you're just talking about them having you a life decision they have to change. You said just learn how to deal with it. Well, if so if they're work. not, they shouldn't deal with it. They should get rid of it. So that's well, that's if you, well, acting on it, the urge of it. There's an urge. Everybody has urges. Everybody has urges. Some, some are normal urges. A man loves a woman is a normal urge. A man loving a man is a not normal urge. So he needs help to conquer that urge. And if he can't conquer the urge, then he just needs more help. The Torah said specifically a lifestyle. Hashem created a world with an instruction booklet. That's part of the instruction booklet. Part of the instruction booklet also is that in the month of Av, on the ninth day, is coming going to come bad influences on this world. And as a result of it, as a result, what? Every year in the ninth day. Every single year on the ninth day, that's why people don't travel. That's why people don't think they'll put them in Sakana. That's why people don't go swimming during the nine days because of Sakana. When I was a kid, I remember Raputna, who was a Rosh Hashim in Berlin, he used to say, Bachum, while sitting and learning a whole day, they could go swimming. They don't have to worry about it. And never fail. Every single year there were accidents, people broke bones, near deaths, um, all kinds of stories every single year. There are things that are out there which we don't see, they're microscopic. We were calling them, we're calling them clipas, the chassidim used, like to use the word a lot. The litvak, the spadim also use it a lot. The Ashkenazim don't like to use these words, but there are also in such as Kedusha. How can we flip? That's key. What do we do to flip the bad influences to the good influences? Simple one I said was to go from a taker to a giver, right? Now, going from a taker to a giver, it doesn't, as I said it about money or food, but now let's take it on a, on, a, on a spiritual level, right? Hashem put you in this world. Did he put you here just so you should take pleasures of the world? Or did he put you here in order to give back spirituality and make himself happy? That you should have influence just like you can have an influence on him or on him that instead of going to do something which deep down you both know may not be the right thing to do, is let's go maybe learn something Maybe um, come here. I don't know if that counts. But whatever the case may be, well, let's go do something positive. What can we do positive? We'll go to shul. We'll feel better. We'll learn something if we understand it. We'll take a, if you don't understand, you'll take an English cipher. There's enough that's out there to inspire you. There are so many stories today that come out 
And then this is what we call Hashkafa Pratis stories, which is the hardest thing today, right? Why the Hashkafa Pratis stories? Like this and this incident happened. How many stories can you tell you from Florida that this guy was supposed to get me in the building that night and it wasn't? And that guy was also supposed to be in. There weren't so huge names, right? Living in Moon and everything like that. But really, it's, everything is beyond that. And those are just little things that Hashem gives a little tidbit. He said, listen, you know, you, everybody's weak. We need a little, a little push, a little something. Let me give you a little push that you should, you know, strengthen yourself, right? So he gives us these little tiny revelations. But if we have the acknowledgement and the awareness that he's there with us all day long, every single day, and we have an opportunity to do something a little bit better than we were able to do the last time. So as you go, it rises. It's called mitzvah, terrorist mitzvah. Why is that? I did one mitzvah, and I come to the next, right? Yesterday, I'm not talking about a guy who's knocking on your door. You want to get stuck. You made $100, you have to give 10%, right? So you're motivated to make another $100, right? Are you motivated to make another $100 because you like money? Yes, we all are. We all like love money, right? No question, right? But it just changes your thought process. And there's no action required. You're anyhow going to give 10%. But think of it that I'm making the extra money now because I want to be able to give back. And I'm not just talking about on a money basis. I'm talking much more so on a spiritual basis. What can you talk to your friends about to make yourselves feel better? They'll walk in the, they'll take a walk in the woods and you'll see, look at these trees. You know that every leaf and every tree is totally different than the other leaf next to it. And there are billions of trees. And if you'll take the DNA of any blade of grass, if you'll see, they're totally different. None of the same. Back to life. Go take, go outside of my front lawn, pull up 10 leaves and show me if they're exactly the same. Not a single one. You look at the veins in the leaf, you look at the shape, right? Not a single one. Shem created everything with a specific purpose, and you see it in everything that he created. And of course, people, is, which is the ultimate, is obviously different. How many people you know look exactly the same? Even identical twins. <clears throat> They're never identical. There's no clones. Doesn't work in clones. Manufacturing and man made are clones. Anything made by Hashem is on our clones. So I'll just, again, to review for one second, that we're coming to these days now, coming at Tishabov. As much as it's not so much a crying for what happened, it's, it's a yearning. Hashem, get me close to you. I want to be close to you, not so much because of the good you're going to give me, because if I'm close to you, you're fulfilling. I'm fulfilling my purpose in this world. And of course, Hashem, your father, Hashem, your teacher, Hashem, your mentor, will only send you good. And even if it doesn't seem good, then you go back to the thank you for giving me a little punishment in this world, because now when I get to the next world, that Avera that I did was taken care of. Don't think because I did this, I can do that. It doesn't work that way. But that's basically it. That's basically it. Are we done with the topic? Now you could go off. Now I'm off. Now you could go back to slaves and.